Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. Fast, Jesus. Lord, thank you for another time in your presence. Thank you for the grace to come into your presence this morning. Your word says to enter your gates with thanksgiving, to come into your courts with praises. And so, Father, we enter with thanksgiving this morning. We say thank you. Thank you for giving us Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we are called your children. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you. Thank you for the grace and the mercies that are poured out upon us again this morning. Thank you for the love that we share, that the love that you have for us today. Lord, we say thank you. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of family. Thank you for the gift of blessings in our lives. Lord, we say thank you. Receive all the praise and glory. For the gift of the Holy Spirit, we say thank you. For the gift of the blood of Jesus, we say thank you. For the gift of the name of Jesus, we say thank you. Be glorified forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. This morning, we praise you as the I am. We praise you as Jehovah. We praise you as the one who is faithful, who is kind, who is good, and whose mercies endures forevermore. Be glorified in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we spend this time reading your word again this morning, we ask for wisdom, we ask for understanding. Help us learn and cause your name to be glorified again. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Morphy Eyenike. We continue our reading of the book of Matthew, but before we start, I want to say a big thank you to everyone who joined in, whether you re- you listen to this in the morning, afternoon, evening, in the night, whatever time you get to do this, God bless you. Reading the word, paying attention to the word, leaves us blessed every time. The Bible says that those who continue to look, to look into the perfect law of liberty, and they don't, they don't slack, but they continue regularly. The Bible says that they are changed from glory to glory. I pray this morning that as you pay attention to reading the word of God, the Lord will use his word to transform your life in the mighty name of Jesus. So today, we continue our reading. Yesterday, we stopped on Matthew chapter 14. Remember, we said in the next three months, we want to read through the entire book of the New Testament. So we are currently on the first book, the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 15. We will take 15 and 16 today. In Matthew chapter 15, we see Jesus teach a few topics. First of all, we see Jesus teaches about inner purity big lessons in this one you want to please stay tuned for this one jesus teaches on inner purity and then jesus talks about the fate of the gentile woman big lessons for us to learn from her 
Jesus' earthly ministry obviously was focused on the, na- on the nation of Israel. And then Jesus heals many people. And then Jesus feeds 4,000 you know, we compare it. So in Matthew's case, I think Matthew has three different instances when Jesus fed people. Okay. So we, we know of the 5,000. This one is the feeding of the 4,000. And then uh, that is Matthew, Matthew chapter 15. In Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, Jesus, then um, the Pharisees come to Jesus and they, de- they demand for a sign. They demand for a miraculous sign from Jesus. And Jesus actually tells them the sign that they will be given. They didn't just understand it. And on and on and on like that. Eventually, we'll end the chapter with Peter declaring declaring that Jesus is really the Son of God. <laughs> Not that one where eventually we say, get behind me, Satan. Okay? All right. So, let's read this morning. Matthew chapter 15, Jesus teaches about inner purity. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They came all the way from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They asked him, verse 2, Why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial and washing before they eat. So I am sure that they had planted some people into Jesus' company to watch to watch. Um, how they've been interacting. And so they have reported back to them that the disciples don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, Why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct the direct commandment of God? This one is the direct one. Eh? The Ten Commandments. For instance, God says, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. That is what the Bible says. Okay, when God gave them gave them the law, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 9, Exodus chapter 21, verse 7, God says, Honor your father and your mother. But come and listen to what the Pharisees will say. Verse 5. But you say it is alright for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you. In other words, I can't honor you. I can't help you. For I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. <laughs> In the Jewish culture, they called this one the Korban. <laughs> In other words, if I plan to give in church, then I don't I shouldn't take care of my parents. I should pay more attention to to giving in church. Anyway, for them, it was giving in the temple. I should pay more attention to giving in the temple. And if I had vowed to give in the temple and I take care of that one first. God will overlook me not taking care of my parents, not honoring them. Can you imagine? They are turned the word of God upside down. He says, for I have vowed to give to God what I have, I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your tradition. So the lesson there is that you can cancel the word of God. Eh? You can make the word of God of none effect in your life using your own tradition. When you use your tradition to superimpose, superimpose it on the word of God, it makes the word of God none effect in your life. Verse 7, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about, about you. For he wrote, you know, Jesus really 
quoted the prophet Isaiah so many times. Okay, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are, are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands as commands from God. Isaiah chapter twenty-nine, verse thirteen. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. Listen and try to understand. Okay, you must make the effort to try to understand. It is not what goes into your mouth that defies you. So Jesus was first of all, you know, Jesus did not respond to the question they asked him. Why are your disciples eating without washing their hands? Jesus did not respond to them. Jesus responded to them with another question, which they were obviously not able to answer. Okay, why do you guys also break the direct command of God by permitting people to dishonor their parents whenever they intend to give in church? But Jesus goes on to explain to the crowd the meaning or the answer to the question that they asked. Jesus said, verse 10, Then Jesus called to the crowd and to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. It is not what goes into your mouth that defies you. In other words, the intention of that law was not about whether if you eat with your hand without washing it, it will, it will defile you. Okay? Then if you do that, you won't be allowed into the temple because you are defiled. You have to go and do ceremonial washing. But that was not the purpose. It was about hygiene when he said they should wash their hands. So he says, it is, it is not what goes into the mouth, into your mouth that defies you. You are defied by the words that come out of your mouth. Hmm. In other words, what truly defies a person is not food. What truly defies a person are the things that are coming from the mouth, which is obviously coming from the heart. It is what has entered the heart that truly defies the person. Verse 12, then the disciples came to him and asked, do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you, you just said? Jesus replied, every plant not planted by my heavenly father will be uprooted. So ignore them. They are blind guys leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, mm-hmm, they will both fall into a ditch. Then Jesus said, then Peter said to, said to Jesus, explain to us the parable that says people aren't defied by what they eat. So even the disciples still did not understand. After Jesus' first explanation to the crowd, don't you understand yet? Jesus asked. Anything you eat eh, passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. It does not defile you, as in spiritually, it does not defile you. But the words you speak from come from the heart. That's what defiles you. That's what that, that's what can lead to sin. Yes. That's what can lead to breaking the law. It is what is coming from the earth. It says, but the words you speak come from the earth. That's what defies you. 19, for from the earth comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Very important lesson Jesus is teaching us here. All of these sins come from the heart. If you can deal with the heart, you can solve all of these sins. The problem is man has never been able to deal with their hearts. The only one who can change a man's heart is God himself. Okay? It says, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defies you. Eating with unwashed hands 
will never defile you. Next, we see the faith of the Gentile woman, verse 21. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north, north through the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him, pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply. Very strange, Jesus gave her no reply because of the purpose of his earthly ministry. Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all our begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. His earthly ministry was to reach the nation of Israel. Okay? After he dies, when he dies on that cross, he is dying for the sins of the whole world. But his physical earthly ministry was to reach the nation of Israel because they've been waiting for the Messiah, okay? The people of Israel, verse 25, but she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Ah, dear woman, Jesus said to her, Your faith is great. How is our faith great? Look at our desperation. Look at our willingness to not give up. Jesus called this great faith. Your faith is great. Your request is granted. And our daughter was instantly healed. Instantly. Okay? Instantly healed. Next, Jesus heals many people. Verse 29 Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee and climbed a hill and sat down. A vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. The crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking. The crippled were made well. The lame was walking, and the blind could see again. And they praised the God of Israel. Many times, okay? Matthew is describing this, but it happened different times. There was one time in Matthew even referenced it that they just brought people to Jesus and they asked him so that they could just touch the hem of his robe. And everyone who touched him were healed, okay? So, very important. Next, Jesus feeds 4,000, verse 32. Then Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days and they have they have nothing left to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry or they will faint they will faint along the way. The disciples replied, Where would we this is the second time this is happening? Remember the first one, five loaves and two fish. This time their response, the disciples replied, Where would we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? Jesus asked, How much bread do you have? They replied, Seven loaves and a few and a few small fish. The first time they had five loaves and two fish. This one they have just a few small fish. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. He gave them to the disciples 
who distributed the food to the to the crowd. When I, whenever I teach this, I ask people, when did the food multiply? Was it multiplying in Jesus' hand? I don't think so. The food multiplied in the hands of the disciples. Okay? He gave the food to the disciples. And when the f- disciples obeyed him in faith, the food, the bread, the fish multiplied in their own hands. Who distributed the fruit to the crowd? Verse 37, they all ate as much as they wanted. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven. The first one was 12 baskets full. This one was picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. Uh, there were 4,000 men who were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Then Jesus sent the people home, and he got into a boat and crossed over. To the region of Magadan. Yes, he crossed over to the region of Magadan. Alright, that completes Matthew chapter 15. Let's go on to Matthew chapter 16. Quite an interesting, interesting chapter. Um, this one, the first of all, of course, the, the, the leaders, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they would demand a miraculous sign. One day from verse 1, the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test Jesus. Now they started testing him demanding that he showed them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. So what were they, were they with, What did they want? Did they want him to do like Joshua, to tell the son to stand still? They said miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. I don't know what they wanted. Verse 2 says, he replied, You know the saying, red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow. Red sky in the morning means foul, foul weather all day. You know how to interpret the weather, weather signs in the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the signs of the times. Because it was very strange. They've been waiting for the Messiah all these years. And now the Messiah was walking in the midst of them. They did not recognize him. He says, you, you know how to interpret the weather signs in the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the signs of the, the signs of the times. Only an evil evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But only, but the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. So Jesus, is, Jesus endorsed them, but Jesus clarified one thing. Only an evil, adulterous generation demands a miraculous sign. I know people who are always pleasing before God. God, God, uh, prove yourself. God, the place flees before God. It is the actions of an evil and adulterous, unbelief-filled nation. That's not how we walk with God. We walk with God by His Spirit. We walk with God by faith. Very important. And Jesus tells them, the only sign that we give to them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. But they still didn't understand. Then Jesus left them and went away. Next, Jesus teaches about the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And this one, the disciples will misunderstand what he was saying. Later, verse 5, after they crossed to the other side of the lake, the disciples discovered they had forgotten to bring any bread. And that would have been, you can feel why, you can feel their apprehension, right? They just gathered, you know, seven baskets full. They crossed over to the other side, and I don't know what happened to the seven baskets. I hope they didn't waste it or they give them away. But it says here that later after they crossed to the other side of the lake, the disciples discovered they had forgotten to bring any bread. 
Watch out, Jesus warned them. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Hmm. At this, they began to argue with each other. Eh? You are the one that left the bread. Eh, Peter, you are the one that was supposed to carry it. <laughs> they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, You have so little faith. I'm sure you will be thinking, what is the connection? Yes, the connection is, Jesus is trying to tell them, if we actually needed bread, we would pray and ask God for bread, and he would give us. Even though you notice that Jesus only ever did it for the, for the crowd. Hmm? He only ever did miracles for the crowd. So if they needed bread, Jesus, they would have gotten money to go and buy bread. Okay? So, uh, getting bread, getting money or asking God for bread was not a problem. So the problem was their faith. He says, you have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? Don't you understand even yet? Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves and the basket of leftover you picked up? Or the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and the large baskets of leftover you picked up? Why can't you understand that I'm not talking about bread? They were fixated on bread. That, ah, we wasted the, 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 the seven, the seven basket, large basket, basket. We wasted everything. That's why Jesus is getting angry at us. That was what they were thinking. Why can't you understand that I'm not talking about bread? So again I say, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then at last they understood that he wasn't speaking about the yeast in bread, but about the deceptive teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Hmm. Next, Jesus with Peter will make a declaration about Jesus. So 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Remember that this is not the first time that Peter is calling Jesus the Messiah, the son of the living God. Remember that time when they walk, when Jesus was walking on water and Peter asked him that, Master, if it is you, tell me to come. Eh? And Jesus told him, come. And Peter walked on water. I hope you remember. We, we already read it. When Peter got into the boat, boat what was Peter's words? Peter's words were, ah, you are indeed, so you are indeed the son of God. Okay? So, that's why it was easy for this revelation to come to him again. He says, um, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Je Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. We've clarified this. That Paul, Jesus is not saying that he is giving Peter the keys to the kingdom of heaven. No. The keys talks about authority. 
the authority to bind and to lose whatever you forbid on earth. It's talking about authority. That authority is given to everyone who believes in Christ. Whatsoever is born of God, John will go on to tell us, whatsoever, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Okay? So very important. Um, there are those who make a mistake and say that, look, it was only referring to Peter. So then it's Stanley. Stanley warned, warned the disciples not to tell anyone that it was the Messiah. Verse 20. Next, Jesus predicts his death. Verse 21. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly. In other words, he didn't say it once. He didn't, it wasn't immediately after that Peter's you know, um, wonderful revelation from God. No. It says from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly. When we read John, you will see the number of times he actually told them. Began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious laws. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. <laughs> Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. <laughs> now, Jesus is not saying that Peter is Satan. No. <laughs> Jesus is saying that Satan is using your mouth to talk Peter. <laughs> so let me address the spirit that is motivating you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. The spirit that is motivating him to speak, to say what he was saying. You are a, you are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. From, not from God's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Did you hear that? To follow Jesus means giving up your own way. Many of us want to continue our own way and then claim we are following Jesus. It doesn't work like that. It says, if you, any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, not give up your life for whatever, any other, sake, any other reason, no. If you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Yes, because you will have great rewards in heaven. He says you will save it, verse 26. And what do you and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. He's talking about the end time. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So, a lot of people mis misinterpreted this to mean that Jesus meant that one of them standing there was going to still be alive by the time his kingdom will come, when Jesus returns, or returns to establish his kingdom. That is not what Jesus meant, okay? They will see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom when Jesus eventually says all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me his kingdom has begun to be established on the earth okay 
very very important all right so that completes matthew chapter 16 i am tempted for us to read matthew chapter 17 is anybody game no 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 let's stop let's stop there okay so let's stop on 16 today so lessons 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 don't demand signs don't demand for miraculous signs whether miraculous or ordinary signs don't demand that from god okay we walk by faith and not by sight we walk not by the things that we we physically see we walk by the promises of the word of god okay that should be sufficient for any and every believer okay very 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 important um secondly okay um peter makes a declaration and his declaration of, of, about jesus was was revealed to to him jesus actually says it that it was god who revealed that to him in other words when did god reveal that to peter peter must have had a, you know his own time spending time in the presence of god for god to have revealed it to him which is very important for us big lessons for us to learn there uh, but in this chapter the last lesson i want us to learn jesus says look if you hold on to your life you will lose it but if you give up your life for my sake you will keep it I realize that those who are afraid of death, <laughs> who are afraid of dying, eh, just always end up you know, in, in strange messes. And then those who just use, use up their life, they are willing to give up all of their lives for Jesus. I'm telling you, God is just always with them. Everything does tend to work out for them. So in other words, what I'm saying is, give it all for Jesus. Be willing to lay, lay it all down now final one for this for this morning inner purity inner purity what enters the heart okay eventually determines what will defile us if you pay attention to what is going inside the heart because it is what comes out of the heart that defiles us okay so it has to first go inside before it comes out <laughs> if you want to be pure because jesus was speaking about inner purity if you want to be pure you want to improve in your holiness pay attention to what is going inside yes pay attention to what is going inside pay attention to the words that are going inside to the music that is going inside to the words that are being said to you pay attention to the people that you are listening to yes pay attention to them pay attention to listening to the holy spirit Pay attention to reading the word of God every day. As long as it enters your heart, I'm telling you, you will see that the walking in righteousness, walking in holiness becomes easy. Okay? It just comes natural with you. I pray this morning that the Lord will help all of us who walk perfectly before him, who live pure and holy lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.